There is a space where you are all you need, where you are all you want. All there is is here. Welcome to the Source Connection, conversations about who we truly are, the possibilities of creation and the new earth we are birthing, with your host, Tara Long and Liz B. that we wear a witch head every time we do it. Yes, every time. All right, welcome, guys. So we're starting a new little series here in the Source Connection. It's called The Source Connection After Dark. And what better day to initiate our first conversation than the day on Hallow's Eve or Halloween, which we know there's so many different um, traditions of Halloween we can go into. Also, Dia de los Muertes is in a couple of days. So this is really a time for us to. you know, to, if there are any loved ones that have passed, for example, we can, can maybe connect with them. Of course, that's the story. We can connect with them maybe a little bit easier. The veil is a little bit thinner. And also, I heard a fun story in a Halloween kind of, yet was more pagan um, tradition yoga class the other day. And she was saying the original story of why we wear costumes and why we dress in other people's clothing. Originally, that's what they did. They switched clothing and they wore masks was so that the spirits were confused and they couldn't play their their games and their trickery on you because they didn't know who was who. <laughs> so I thought that was really cute. <laughs> that's, oh, that's really cute. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was sweet. So in our After Dark series, we're just going right into it. We're hoping we're, we're a little looser, maybe. It's a little juicier. We'll maybe get a little more real. You know what I mean, like open about our personal journeys and things of that nature. That's my my hope, my intention. So we um, we're not starting with any grounding or um, moment right now. We're just going to dive right into. And I think that when you talk about the veil being thin, and interestingly enough, I, <laughs> I know veil um, and hallow eves and just i mean there's so many tones to that and just so many possibilities of what this is about um and maybe that's what i've been feeling the veil is thinner and i'm accessing you know or that we collectively agree that the veil is thinner the veil is always thin for me i was taking yesterday and i have the ability to see energetic fields and things like that and sometimes I have to like allow myself to digest that experience on a deeper level because it it can be very disconcerting and very ungrounding Mm. you you wonder am I here or am I somewhere else in this moment Mm. Um, and I exactly a week ago I had this very interesting I was going getting ready to go to bed and I felt completely out of my body, but not in a way that was scary or I could see my body from a distance, but I was still in my physical body, but I was not in it. Mm-hmm. Like my was not in the body. Um, and so sometimes it takes a moment to just digest and integrate that. 
having that veil being thin most of the time. And I notice about myself that as much as I love being with people, Mm -hmm. I I need probably the same amount of being by myself. And I'm not getting that the past couple of years. Mm. Really taking a toll on me. (laughs) Oh, I totally understand that. I absolutely need a lot of alone time more. I need more alone time than with people. <laughs> That's, or I feel better. I should say, I feel more grounded, more myself. Like if I'm going, going, going and just around, I can do it, you know, but I'm like, Oh, I just need just an hour just to myself or, you know, whatever, even though I'm having tons of fun or whatever it is. So I absolutely understand that because like you, I'm very sensitive to energies and, and things. And, um, you know, I've been, we did a ghost walking tour in a town next to us called Jonesboro, which is the oldest town in Tennessee. And so, oh my gosh, walking down Main Street, you know, hearing all the stories and I could, you know, I mean, yes, it could be suggestion at the moment because he's telling the story, but we, we like went in certain places to feel, you know, energies. And I was like, yep, that's enough. I'm right here and being told, I, I want to stop. I don't want to go further, you know? And I went into this antique store the other day upstairs and, um, I was like, oh, I'm definitely not alone here. You know, and I went and talked to the lady. She's like, oh yeah, there's definitely, you know, other folks with us. But most of the time they're they're not there to harm or hurt or do anything, you know. And that's a whole nother conversation that we don't need to have right now. But um, but just as you're saying, so sensitive to physical form people, but also, you know, all the other energies that are there that are no longer in physical form. And are just all around. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're so much multi-layered too, right? That we forget that we being either in physical form or not, that we're interacting is also multi-layered. So you could yes. be around somebody um, and be noticing stuff about them that's not being said or not being addressed or whatever thing. And then that becomes also something to interact with. Yeah. You talked about being in the antique store and just recently when we were visiting Tennessee and we were at the Appalachian Museum. Oh, yeah. They had a Hall of Fame. Mm. It's this kind of like a warehouse space and they brought the people that kind of meant something to them that kind of wrote the history of that area, right? And so they had personal belongings, they had pictures, they had, I mean, all mm-hmm. kinds of things mm-hmm. about instruments and all kinds of things. And when um, I went upstairs with my daughter, she immediately, like she came close and she said, oh, this is really weird up here. And I noticed it too. Mm-hmm. We had a completely different um, atmosphere to it. And interestingly enough, as we turned left, there was a murder bench that somebody had been murdered on. And then as you walk, they had like the old school, they had caskets, they had the chariot where they would, you know, bring the caskets to the, they had the, the doctor's chariot where you would come and do the consultations, whatever thing. And it was palpable how much thicker the field was space. I just, when you said thick, that is literally the word I said it in my mind the exact same time that you spoke it aloud was thick <laughs> because that's what it feels like 
when I went up upstairs in that antique store, I was like, I was just like thick and, and heavy and, you know, and I didn't feel like a bad, it wasn't bad. It was just like, Oh, I don't want to be up here for very long. Cause it's like, you're wading through like mud or something, you know, it's almost like there's some energy there. That's not clear and not, you know, not been for them, whoever, and whatever those energies are not been, um, you know, maybe been there for a long time. Stagnant, I guess is the word I would say. Yeah. And it may not even like, sometimes I think, is it a beingness or is it just the collective agreement upon what this means or what the space, I don't know, you know, Ah, I don't know Um, either. And that we've um, just kind of materialized, you know, you know, because sometimes I have a, not a hard time, but an interesting time believing that and anything's possible that beings would just choose to be in one place. Like there's so right. one thing or in this energetic yeah. thing stays there like right. a being. And I'm right. like, is that, how is that even possible? Yeah. Right. And maybe it's just to me, what comes up is maybe it's just a portion of their energy. Right. Cause I, I don't, I don't, and I don't know any, like I said, any, like we say, always say anything is possible, but you know, to me, the idea that there's, you die and then there's just a soul and it's one thing and it goes, but you know, like that doesn't seem like, cause we are so multidimensional and multi-layered and all of that. There are different parts of us, maybe different places. And maybe it's the, a lot of times I think it's those who are still here physically that can keep someone around too, because the desire for them to be there is there, you know, in these cases where maybe they've been there for a long time. I don't know. Maybe it's still a portion of them or who knows. It, do, right. it doesn't even really matter. Um, you but know, there is this quality. It's a different quality to the space. And it's just being aware of that really opens, yes. uh, opens you up right to the possibilities of, of all things. And what happens when we aren't in physical form anymore? Well, nobody knows for sure, but <laughs> You know, we know it's not the end for, you know, we know that, or I feel that I feel that of course it's not the end of anything. It's just a transition. And, and there's a lot of traditions that do certain things when someone, when the body dies so that their loved one does move on in a rapid or beautiful way, or, and they don't stay stuck, you know, I don't their know. Their culture celebrate, right? Someone. Yeah. Past. Yes. Finally. <sighs> of that bodysuit or whatever way that they oh, yeah it's a very different experience than what mm-hmm. we have best of like you were black it's dark mm-hmm. you know, everybody's sad it's like there, there's no yeah. room for celebration in a way right. and that's one of the things that i like talking about is how do we shift the conversation about that yeah about that yeah. Yeah. And any shifting the conversations shift the experience of that. Yeah. And how can we make death a really beautiful, sacred thing? You know, especially if you know it's coming for someone, right? Like I was watching this show this weekend and it was so beautiful the way in which they honored this man. It was a couple and it was a young couple and they had a young daughter and he was dying of cancer. And, um, And so, but it was the recognition of it. First of all, it was like, let's, 
recognize, not try to ignore and keep him in the hospital and run tests until the day of his last breath, right? No, let's, so they, they went home and they, okay, now you're dying. You know, it was this recognition mm-hmm. that this is happening and talking to the, to the young daughter who's seven and like, you know, she's like, I know daddy's dying, you know? And so they had an open conversation about it and just really using those last days as just a celebration and a joy to be together. And then this therapist told the mom, you know, when he passes, take her to him, to his body, take mm-hmm. her to him. So she can touch him and, you know, so that's like a experience or she knows that's going to, so, so you're not ignoring it. You're not pushing it away. You're not just, oh, it's sad, sad, sad. Let's cry. You know? And it was so, I was just, oh, I was ugly crying. I mean, I was just like, oh, this is like one of the most beautiful things, you know, portrayals I've seen like on, in a show or a TV or movie of death. I mean, it was so beautiful and to be there and a death is, is it not any different than being there in a birth, you know? Oh, mm. yeah. It's really makes beautiful. Me, makes me think of my friend Danae. Mm. <sighs> and I saw her the last week of her life. Hmm. You stare death in the face like that. Yeah. You just see it in someone's beam, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, they didn't have from their daughter. She was home. And I have a couple of friends who went to visit because they were closed geographically. One of them said that the last day, it was the 4th of July weekend. And they had a party. <laughs> and the way the name sat with her sister Joy, they didn't need to say anything. They're just being together. Mm. <sighs> mm. I was so beautiful to witness that. She said they were just sharing space and time and companionship, and there was nothing that needed to be said, you know. And yeah, I've had grief as one of my biggest teachers in this life, and it really helps us get clear on what really matters, right? What is yeah. the end of what is valued and honorable? Because life is so, it's so, it's like a petal of a flower. It's so beautiful. It's so fragile. And at any moment, you know, it can just be ripped or just like fall away. Had a big drop of rain and just, it's done, you know. And her service was so beautiful. And that woman was to me one of the examples of just love embodied and and Mm. was like, how can I just love this person more? How can I show 
more love and she really embodied that you know in her presence and um in her demeanor and all of that and yeah i'm so gra- grateful that i was blessed with her presence in my life mm. we're very short physical time yeah um but that deeper connection beyond this time and space you know yeah. that yeah. before and it'll be after and all that so yeah yeah when you described that family taking that in and really <laughs> back to that experience you know yeah i'm not hiding from death but yeah. just looking in the eyes and there's a nurse uh, hospice nurse on YouTube and she it's really beautiful what she's doing people submit videos of their dying family members and she posts those mm-hmm. so people can get a glimpse of what death looks like to different people mm-hmm. the moment that and certain breathing patterns and yeah. like things that people don't get to see you know right. to Dismystify what this thing is that we're all that we all at some point agreed to. We're all, yeah. I think that at some level we're like, oh, well, maybe you know, it doesn't yeah. need. To, it does happen. It Still. does, at least for now, it does, and maybe that's part of why, you know, maybe we decided and agreed upon that because it does, to me, make our time here so much more precious. Mm-hmm. If we knew that the body would never die or drop you know what I don't know what would that be like to know that we just go on and on in this form versus well we do have a limited time here and I mean it just makes it so beautiful what a gift so much richer so much richer yeah Yeah. I'm grateful for that because I don't think I want to go on (laughs) in this form forever anyway (laughs) I love my form but you know what I mean like we need, we need some, I need some variety. I need some change here. So <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks that one thing that um, I learned through her dying process was I received a letter from her before I knew that she knew she was dying. Mm. And um, that has prompted me to um just the other day i found and it's something to be on my mind for a while but i found this little pack of you know cards and i yeah. got them and i decided that it sounds so morbid and it makes me want to cry but that i'm gonna also take my time writing my my letters you know yeah and i don't need to wait because i may not know when i'm gonna die Right. Yeah. You know, some That's people right. have learning and then you just know that it's okay, it's coming. Right. And then I've been blessed in my life because when my father passed, we knew we didn't know when, but we saw the progression. Yeah. yeah. Right. My mother, very similar. Um it always comes unexpectedly. Um sure. unless it's a long, long, long time and you're just right, right, right. But um, yeah, those things happen within a year and six months. So 
it's very fast to comprehend and to wrap your head around it. And to an extent, I think that, I don't know if we fully integrate that, you know? Yeah, I don't know as a human alive that, I mean, can we, you know, fully integrate like the fact that our bodies die? Like on some level, you know, if we fully did, then we would be dead. So <laughs> we would just drop dead and be like, okay, bye. <laughs> so there's, you know, feels like there's a reason for that. You know, I have but a cat trying to escape here. Give me a second. <gasps> yes, you little rascal. Um, well, I'll just keep going because I I love that idea of writing letters to those who might be left behind for a little while in their physical form and because we don't know, you know, and um yeah, that just is a really sweet because I think all the time, well, I don't have anything for anyone to sort out other than like, you know, I don't have a, an estate. I don't in the bill and like yeah, the simple things of just like yeah. 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 So uh, my family knows my wishes and all of that, you know, I've expressed that, but we don't know. I could, it could come in an instant and then to have for them to have something that I wrote, you know, or to think of receiving something like that. It's just oh, so cherished. It really um, is. It really is. And as I said, because I didn't know that that was my last letter that I was going to receive from her in that. Yeah. In that and all that it meant even more after she passed you know yeah yeah I received a letter or a card that my grandma who just passed recently a couple months ago or maybe a month ago um she she wrote me a card before she broke her hip and went into the hospital and had the surgery and the massive stroke and all that she just wrote me a letter like she would any other time hi love you the weather, blah, 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 you know, tell, you know, so-and-so hi, tell your brother to call me, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I received that letter the day after she passed in the mail. And it was just, oh, so sweet because she didn't, she didn't even know, you know, it wasn't like goodbye. It wasn't any of that. It was just like, it was just a know, letter, just a letter on a normal day for her, you know, but a letter. Yeah. Oh, it's so sweet. It's so sweet to receive that. I like to link up um, in that. Uh, I'd like to link something up on this episode's note. Um, okay. Podcast I really like it. I enjoyed listening. It's called Death in the Afternoon, and it's all things death related. And they did an episode about things to get in order, so you mm -hmm. don't leave, like people scrambling behind. And yes, it was really. It's very practical. It's very matter of fact. It's like little details like, you know, people will keep their like power of attorney or like whatever wishes in their safe or whatever, but then they don't have anybody that can get to Nobody it. can get <laughs> so have, yeah. have that in their emails, you know, like if something happens because she details a story of a woman whose husband had something happen and was in the hospital, but she had to go home and get the paperwork. By the time she got there, he was already, they had arranged things for him that it was mm -hmm. not what he, had. what he wanted. And so um, just simple things, you know, to make things easier in that process. And yeah. um, having experienced that process a few times, it's really a time where most people 
don't have a lot of assistance. You just kind of go by default. You don't really think too much about things because you're trying to orchestrate for the practicality of dealing with, you know, a, a, a body and all of that. And yeah. then there's grief involved and um, not everyone has support at that time. That's Maybe right. some people, family and friends will really come and gather and, and, and um, take care of certain things. But um, yeah, I like to link that up so people can yeah. listen. Yeah, to put oh, their definitely. and make it easier yeah. for everybody who is that's still right, their kitty left and grieving and all of that. And that's a great invitation is to, you know, maybe listen to that podcast if it if it feels right for you. Um, but also, what is it that you want to be left behind? So maybe write those letters or do videos or what is it that you would want people to be left with? Um, do you want them to, you know, how do you want them to, to experience that, that process? Of course, we can't be in control of that, but you know what I mean? Like write the letters, do the videos, get your things in order, you know, whatever it is for you. Maybe now it's all now is always the time really to think about those things and to prepare. And even if you're young and healthy, I mean, we don't know, <laughs> we never know how much time we have left, you know, so mm-hmm. That's yeah. a beautiful invitation to just think about, you know, think about yeah. your loved ones. And and also another invitation is if you do have someone who is experiencing um, a loved one transitioning close or whatever, how can you support? So yeah. Danae told me a story, you know, after she had passed, he said, one of our close friends just brought me a cooler one day filled with beverages, beers mm-hmm. and sparkly waters and different things. And he said, why did you bring that? And he said, because I don't, I want to make it easy on you. When people come to visit, you can just say, Hey, would you like a drink and just grab something out of the cooler? Oh. Such a, it's such a, a beautiful act of just knowing yeah. how to support somebody in a time. And then, and he told me like, well, I, I would have never thought about that. Like never thought about that, you know? And so how can you also be that person who just makes things something a little easier at that time? So beautiful. That really brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. That's so small, but just so powerful and significant. And you're really thinking so ahead. It's just something that that person does not have the bandwidth for at all. Oh, like, He said, people are going to come visit and they're going to sit down with you. And I just want you to like, not, it's just one last thing that you would have to think. And yeah, it was really touching to me too. And maybe I'll finish with this other story. Um, there was an, this is not a personal story to me. I heard this story. So I'm going to relate it in the best way I can. This woman was having lunch one day with her family, it was a Sunday, and she heard that a neighborhood kid had passed away. And her whole world in that moment just came to a halt and she thought, oh my God, what is this mother feeling? What are what are what is the father feeling? I'm here sitting down, having lunch with my family, my kids are healthy, we're eating, you know, we're gonna see grandma, whatever thing. And um she gathered she didn't know this. They, 
know they knew this family, but were not close to them necessarily, right? I think it was, a, I don't know if it was a kid that went to the same school the kids went, or it was just a neighborhood thing, something of the like. And she decided, she called another friend and she said, let's gather 12 women. And for the next whole year, we're going to gift them once a month, something that's going to bring them joy and make them mm-hmm. think of the kid in a sweet way. The kid loved um, wind charms and mm. there were all these little things they knew about the child and they did this mystery gifts <sighs> they dropped them once a month the family had no idea where the gifts were coming what? from <laughs> so once one was so once a month so it was 12 of them so it was a whole yeah. year yeah every month where they would plan the gifts so they got his favorite restaurant a gift card to his favorite restaurant and the, uh, he got, they got a wind charm. There was other things, right. That they did, but they related, they were relating how wonderful it was to be like this Santa Claus figure to just bring somebody some joy. And then they would like, try to like do it in a way that they didn't see the car dropping and they were scared right. of the cameras and how is this going to yeah. work right? and then <laughs> for a whole year. And they didn't know who wow. they were. And they just, you know, brighten that family for a whole year in memory and reverence for that kid's life. Mm. Strangers, you know, like they were not yeah. close to a family. They yeah, yeah, yeah. closer friends, so they knew more about them and all that. But I thought, wow, what a beautiful way to just support somebody through such a thing, you know. Right. And That's unfathomable, that, that pain, you know. Yes. It's just really exquisite. It's just so like profound, you know, that somebody even thought about that. Yeah. That moment. Mm. Yeah. And I guess the invitation for me would be like, how can we honor each other's lives every day, every opportunity that we have? And how can we live more in a way that we see each other? you know, when we are with them, that we really see them for who they are mm-hmm. in them in that we tell them how much they mean to us. Mm-hmm. You know, and just really don't take things for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone that comes to your heart uh, when Liz said that, you know, that you just want to reach out to maybe now and say, hi, love you or you know, you're beautiful or whatever, you know, anything. Yeah. And I feel really called, and you can tell me if this doesn't feel good for you, Liz, um, since we're in after dark, because we had this really juicy conversation before we press record and then things just kind of went a different way, which is beautiful. It, Halloween came in. Right. And then Halloween came up and then we started talking about all of these amazing things. Um, but I really love this topic. I think it's so relevant. It's so like just boom for this time. And I think there's so many layers to it that, and it also relates to death in so many ways, money, the lack of money, having it, not having it. What does it mean? The worthiness, not, you know, it's like this whole game. And so I, do you want to share like kind of where you're at and then, you know, we can talk about that or yeah that's fine I was telling Tara before we started recording that I woke up and I was having all this self-worth conflicts 
um, in relation to, you know, what am I doing here and how am I showing up and how am I of service and how does that get translated in financial abundance or not and in the discomfort or the comfort of that, right? And um, how much I still default to one thing equaling the other. Like if I don't have that, that means I'm not worthy of that or right. How those lines are so blurred and so um, not clear. And then, so we started having the whole conversation about all of that, which we yeah. can share some of now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I just feel like in these after dark, you know, maybe it's a little more opinion because I know in our normal episodes, you know, we stay mostly pretty neutral, I think, for the most part, so that people can explore for themselves, which is always a good idea. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, and I shared with Liz and the whole money thing, I can totally relate. I think every single person on the planet can relate to that, like, because we've been conditioned. I mean, even, even saying, oh, what is his or her worth? When mm-hmm. someone says that, what does that mean? How much money do they have? That's what that means. What's his worth? Ooh, what, you know, oh, they have whatever. What is their liquid? You know, it's just so fucking ridiculous that we think that how much money you have has anything to do with you as a person, right? That has anything to do with your value or how pure and clear you might be or how much inner work you've done. Or Mm -hmm. as we, I mean, how many people are like have all the money and we know exactly we're like not not in judgment of you know people who have money i love money is great come on down you know flood the the floodgates but i think the the reason why i wanted to talk about this so much is that what is it what is the world we want to create around money now money is not bad i'm not saying it's bad we're not saying it's bad or that it's good but it comes from a place that is inherently um it's about control. That's why money was created, right? To control us. Period. Like it's a slave system. It's a, it's there's no other way to put how why money was created. It's a slave system. So, we can still use it and be intentional and it can feel really good and all of that, but is the world we want to create where we're still tied to that and to money creates access. You have to have money to do certain things and to experience certain things and all of that or Do we want to create a world where something else is possible? I'm not saying I know what that is, but I know that it is. I know it. Every fiber of my being, my whole life, I've tried to do the whole money game, you know, years ago and definitely in my 30s. I was like, yeah, I'm going to make this much this month. And, you know, did all the manifestation stuff, all of that. It all just felt basically like shit (laughs) for me because if it didn't happen, then I'm like, what did I do wrong? What am Mm. I doing wrong? How come that didn't work? you know, making myself wrong, making what I'm doing or not doing wrong. When instead we talk about all the time, the value is us. So what is that? I don't know what it's going to look like, but we have to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere. We have to start breaking these ties of what we've been conditioned to believe that money means or doesn't mean. I feel, I really strongly feel that. So, you know, you can tell I get really excited when I talk about this topic. So (laughs) So who's with me? Who's with me? And let's, you know, let's create, like, come on, you guys, we can do this. We are many. We are many. We don't need money to create 
access and luxury and beautiful things in the world. Maybe right now, to some extent, we do, right? But I believe that the tides are turning. What do yeah, you think? And that's the <laughs> for having, um, I can be in that place with you. And I was referring to where we're still in a place where you got to pay to play, right? And everything revolves around that. Like there's this beautiful hotel in Tulum that I'm like, I dream of going. Mm-hmm. I got to pay to play. Do you want that kind of beauty? Do you want that kind of luxury? Do you want that kind of feeling in you? Give me the money and you can access that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The work is how can I access that in every moment, regardless yes. of what am I surrounded by? And I'm pretty good at doing that because I'm always in awe and wonder. So the yes. little to me are the most magnificent, right? When I see the butterflies fluttering around and I'm just totally captured by the luxury of being alive because it is a luxury, right? It's a privilege yes. to experience, to see, to hear and all that. And so I think that every time I'm faced with the moments where I'm equaling my worth with money, it's like a deeper layer of a breakthrough, a deeper um, awareness of where I could still be stuck, where I am still attaching something to an idea that's just an idea, that's just an agreement, that's just you know, a distortion, let's put it that way, yeah. Yeah. you know? And I think that that's the thing with money is that a lot of the ideas are based on distortion yes. and why the whole thing feels murky and doesn't feel right. When money, it's, it's an energy, it's a thought, yeah. right? It is an agreement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tara said something along the lines of, being able to experience things, right? And not necessarily having, it's not, doesn't make, doesn't mean it costs all that money. And then I was kind of playing devil's advocate, but I still costed money. Like <laughs> if, if somebody gifted and somebody paid for it, right? Yeah. So um, that makes me think of how in general, the most generous people, what still was my experience and this could be changing can be the people um, who really see the beauty in the simplicity, right? And they just share that space and they will, um, they may not have money to give, but they have a bowl of food to serve you when you come to their house. And if that's the only food that they have and they don't know what they're going to eat tomorrow. Yeah. And so I think that the shift in paradigm is the shift in, the realization of how we attach to the stories of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you perfectly said, even in our society, we say, oh, this person, what is their net worth? Yeah. Meaning how much is Elon Musk worth? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's worth a lot of money. And yeah. then you hear spiritual circles. Well, I've done a lot. I've done a lot of work. Now I can get this. Yeah. Like I cleared mm-hmm. all this stuff up. And now here, look at me. It translates into houses and cars and, and, and trips and all of that. So I think that we're being offered an opportunity to look at the relationship, right? Deeply. And re- mm-hmm. Does this mean that? Is it this 
truth about this. Yeah. You know? And to also realize, I used to work for one of the biggest music producers. I won't name names. And, you know, these people, this family had all the money you can think of, all the access you can think of. And I remember having a specific conversation where he told me, like, I have everything and I'm not happy. Yeah. And I remember how much that impacted me because coming from the world where at that time, oh, we do all these things, right? We do the career, we do the schooling, we do the university, you do the career to then have this, to access this, to then amount this, to then retire, whatever that is. And to think, wow, well, this person did all that in their own way, in, you know, his own way but still doesn't find fulfillment in all stuff, right? So what is it? And then my personal question is, every time it happens, why am I still getting caught on that train? Like, what is in this train that I need to clear? Yeah. Why am I still carrying some level of distortion in relation to it? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think we all do you know, as humans, because it's been part of our conditioning for so long. And that in order for us to uproot those weeds and to look at them and to clear them out, that's the question is, is what is it? And what, and in this moment, what is, what am I really feeling right now about money? Am I really feeling the lack? What is my relationship to money in this moment? Does it feel good to give it? Does it not feel good to give it? Like all of these questions, all of these things. And, and maybe on some level, there will be always be some little, some little hitch, you know, because it's so deep and it's a, it's part of the slave self to me. That is, so, that is the deepest root that we have is, so it's going to be the last to go. I think it's going to be the last to go. At least I know, I think for myself, cause I still, of course, still have those thoughts like, Oh, but you know, is it going to, is this going to work out? Is that, and then I remember everything has always worked out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I've, always had everything I need and more. And I've had the most beautiful life and the most beautiful experiences. And can I remember and be grateful for that? And it, and as we said, we've said so many times, it doesn't, money doesn't make you happy. It can bring some fun things and some joy and there's nothing wrong with that. And yay, let's have it all, but we don't need it. You know, the happiest people that I've ever seen in my life have hardly anything. They're just, it's just simple. (laughs) They're just simple. It's so yeah. simple. So, so that's I guess this the other invitation. If you're if you'd like to um, to take it, is to really feel yourself, feel your body, feel how it feels when you're interacting with money, with your own money, with with paying for something, giving it. You know, does it feel aligned for you? Does it feel good for you? And if not, what might shift there? You know. Because maybe that's where we start in this whole care economy thing is that we get really intentional about how we're using money at all, you know? Totally. Yeah. 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 Even <sighs> every time you wipe your card or pay yeah. for something, right? Yeah. yeah. Infuse that moment with some intentionality and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Mm. And let us know in the comments, or you can e- email us at connect at thesourceconnection.com. That's also where you can find us is thesourceconnection.com. You can also find us on Odyssey, YouTube, Spotify, Patreon, 
Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, we now have an Instagram. Of course, I forget because it's kind of new. Twitter account just because Twitter is such an interesting place for me. And um, it's kind of my guilty pleasure to just go and really? watch. <laughs> yeah, it's like my once a week, like I'm going to take 30 minutes and what the what the hell? What is the going hell's on? going on on Twitter? It's such a shit show over there. Yeah, but it's a webbing. And it's really interesting how I see things kind of weaving in there. Mm. And that's been the most fascinating thing to witness is the weaving that takes place. For some reason, it's different than other places. Mm. i contemplating a source connection Twitter account. We'll see how right. that Yeah, this might be. I never go on Twitter. It just doesn't <laughs> call me. So if you want to do it, go yeah. for it, sister. <laughs> well, yeah, to be, to stay tuned. Be busy. TBD, and let us know how you enjoyed our first After Dark, The Source Connection, and if you, what topics, because we're open to like juicy, maybe oh, yeah. some taboo topics. I mean, we want to get in, we just want to get into some things here, so. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs>